Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with the Tutor Podcast, talking uncommon sense about how to start, grow and love your tutoring, teaching and coaching business. I hope you're all doing well and are finding your way to something resembling normality in the gradual easing of the stranglehold of these ridiculous COVID restrictions. So here we go today, it's episode 164. I want to talk about something that really has become very, very significant for me. I wasn't initially aware of it as a teacher slash tutor. So let's drag it out in the open. And it's the the vital psychology of what we're doing. Um, I believe that everything is a mind game. Absolutely everything where the mind goes the body follows so there's the mind aspect and the game part i think is you can playfully engage how people think how your students are thinking manage that and you'll become a better tutor as a consequence now for me as a guitar teacher there are two real aspects of what i do one is the the physicality of actually playing the guitar that's the moving of the fingers and the the movements of the techniques. The second aspect is the the mental side of it. Now, both of these are essentially set up in the minds of most people who I engage with to be difficult, at least before we meet. The physical difficulty aspect is set up by the ridiculous gurning and face pulling of preening poses miming to TV playbacks, um, usually performed by junkies. Uh, just a little sidebar here. If you can think of any major rock star or guitar player who has not had a uh, well-documented drug or alcohol problem, shouts up because I can't find any. So really what we're looking at is a bunch of pretentious nonsense on stilts performed by essentially potheads, drunks, uh, really just pretending to be doing something difficult. I mean, if you want the reality of guitar playing, just go and watch a classical guitar player at work. They're serene by comparison with the average pop star. They don't look like they're doing anything clever. They're simply doing what needs to be done. So that's a big barrier for a lot of people who come to the instrument thinking they have to, quotes, play till their fingers bleed, end quotes which is just piffle. It's moronic and it really won't help your students, if you're a guitar teacher like I to let any kind of idea of specialness be running around inside of their heads. The, the mental side of it is the sort of the intellectual aspect of it. The belief that something's mentally difficult will get in the way for your students, whatever you're teaching. I've developed a mythical creature called the Unicorn of Cleverness, which uh, seems to run in vast herds across the mindscape of many of my students. And I just 
aim to replace that with what I call the three-toed the three-toed sloth of simplicity, which is way easier to teach than it is to say. The the quasi-intellectual pretentiousness of, of how music is conventionally taught is just bullshit. You know, the whole the multiple scales, modes, the difficulty of chords and harmony and stuff. It, it's just really just crazy, in my opinion. Other opinions are available and they're all wrong. It's mostly claptrap. So what, what we end up with is this vast distance between the reality of what's really being done and the perception that's being constructed in the minds of the viewer. Um, I don't believe in putting people up on pedestals. So wherever possible, I recognize when someone's dragging this kind of baggage into the teaching room and figure out how to get them to check it in or at least manage it. So it comes down to just half a dozen quick steps. The first one is call it. We talk about this baggage, about the expectations that they have, and then set about challenging it. So as a guitar player, this is fairly straightforward. Someone shows me, talks to me about uh, the, say, the guitar riff they love most in the world. And I'll usually just pull it apart and say, actually, it's just this. And I can demonstrate that the magic is usually pretty simple. And that starts to erode the expectation of something clever being done. Uh, the third step is to ask how simple can this be? Um, I usually say it's so simple that a stoned alky can do it. And uh, don't do any names. No names, no pack drill on this one, please, or I'll be getting sued by rock stars. Uh, part four, step four, if you like, always take their measure, their calibration point, and recalibrate it. Start where they are. Say, so, yeah, Clapton does this thing and it's really cool, but it's actually just this, for instance. So use this measure and just then demonstrate the simplicity of what's being done and allow them to calibrate themselves down based on the reality of what they see. And then ask them, how could you make this even easier? Just for the fun of it. So in step three, I made it simple. In this step five, I'll ask them how to make it easier. And I remind them that they'll get what they look for. If they expect difficult, they're gonna find difficult ways of doing stuff and then they'll quit because they've met their expectations. If they expect something to be comparatively straightforward, simple and effortless, that's what they're going to go look for. That's what they're going to ultimately find. You see, if you type skateboarding cats into Google, you probably don't get oil tankers or atom bombs. Your brain works the same way. So if you're looking for something to be clever and tortuous and difficult, you won't actually quit until you find that. Because the simple, the basic, and the easy will violate your expectations and they'll be rejected. And this has happened time after time after time with students who simply cannot deal with something being made effortless and easy. There's this massive conflict between what they think should be there and the reality of what they're experiencing. It's very important to be able to manage that for them because it's such a weird out when you realize that your heroes are just doing dead simple things. Remember, it's not about us being right. 
it's about enabling the student to think a little bit differently, to move their obstacles to one side and to reduce the height of the big wall they think they have to get over. So it's little more than a tiny ridge in the road, if you like. By gradually changing their references and recalibrating their ideas of what should be there, you can reduce the distance between what's being done and what they think is being done. Ultimately, you want to get that distance down to zero so they can simply do what they want to do. Now, for me, understanding this has made the biggest difference to my business, to my students. And most of all, it's made a massive difference to me as a player, as a teacher, as a businessman, an entrepreneur, a parent, and just as an ordinary bloke. Because a lot of times I thought it, that success had to be difficult and sweated and hard. And sure, sometimes it's been a bit tricky. But most of the time, I've been laughing every day. I've been doing what I love and ended up where I wanted to go to without having to buy into unicorns and magic powers and special gifts from an invisible man who lives in the sky. So I guess my takeaway is this, guys. Think about what your students expect to be there. Recognize it and then gradually take control and steer it in a direction that's going to be more productive than any idea of ongoing difficulty or something being very, very clever and hard to understand. Because if you manage the expectations, then the student can actually get on with the process of learning using the hopefully simple and effective techniques that you and I have developed as teachers. Let me know if you've had this experience of making something so simple for a student that they actually couldn't understand it because they just rejected it. It's almost like their intellectual ninja is slapping away your best efforts. It'll frustrate the crap out of you the same as it's done for me. But when you figure out what's going on, you can do something about it. So let me know, guys. It's info at neilcamido.com. Let me know your thoughts. I want to learn from you guys. How do you do it? I don't have all the answers. I may have missed something. So let me know. Bring me up to speed. I'm here to learn, not just to talk. So follow me on Twitter and I'll see you next time. Remember, on Twitter, I'm at Tutor Podcast. Really, really creative name, that one. And hit the subscribe button, leave a review, share me with your friends. And I'll see you next time as we wrap up for today. I just want you to get on with your day. And remember that all the time it's about how to start grow and love your tutoring business go and have a fabulous day get in touch with the tutor podcast via email or social media and the tutor podcast team will be listening subscribe on itunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device and remember to share rate and review ttp so that we can help other people to start grow and love their tutoring businesses